What's going on, guys? Today, we're going to have Amanda Giroux show up on the podcast, and she's going to be talking about what she does, which is a food addiction coach with over seven years of experience coaching in fitness, health, and mindset, and it is the founder of the Trauma Blueprint Coaching Method. I'm going to let Amanda tell you the rest. So I'm going to bring her in. Amanda, welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. Absolute pleasure. So I thought I would let you tell your story. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and how this started? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you. So I I got into the coaching industry about eight years ago as a personal trainer, <clears throat> excuse me, and a health coach. But ultimately, the reason that I got into that at all is because I've I actually suffered from addiction when I was younger. So I, I grew up very troubled, very um, I had a very interesting upbringing. And um, in my early adolescence, I became addicted to drugs. And what happened was even though I quit using drugs, that addictive behavior transferred, right? So I became like addicted to food. I was a smoker and I had other compulsive behaviors. And even through getting clean and working through some of my issues and then becoming a personal trainer, I recognized that I still wasn't dealing with those issues. So um, I know I'm kind of jumping but into, into the stuff, but ultimately the reason I do what I do is because working through your unhealed trauma is so very important to actually overcome anything. So, and I'm so sorry, you're going to hear my cat because we're getting a thunderstorm right now and she's getting a little weird. Um, so I do apologize if you hear my cat in the background. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I was a personal trainer for six years. It was a very, very lucrative, very amazing um, experience, but I recognized that I wasn't equipped at the time to really help people with their mindset. And I wasn't really seeing a lot of sustainable results with my clients because they weren't working on their mindset and they weren't healing, right? What was going on underneath. So, um, I'm so sorry. It's okay, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> the only quiet place in the house, but then she has to come in and, and make her, make no. her, <laughs> I, I apologize. Um, Anyway, sorry, if you could set me back. On okay, you were explaining, you're saying that you were having trouble with mindset. Right, right, right. So I was just seeing that my clients were struggling with the sustainability of their weight loss and their fitness goals. Um, but the really, the missing element was the mindset work. And where the mindset work is, is working through the stuff that we haven't yet overcome, right? Like whether there was childhood trauma, um, you know, our limiting beliefs, the things that we believe about ourselves that we may not recognize could be holding us back. And so stepping out of the personal training industry, getting more into the health coach and the mindset coaching, I started to do my own internal work. And that's when I started working on inner child healing, working on my own personal trauma. And that's when things really started to click for me. And that's when I realized, okay, this is the missing piece. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I get it. That's the thing, right? Like, well, you know what? Like you said, you did personal training, right? So technically, you know, you're, you were in an industry that, what I call the gym blues. And what I mean by that is, you know, January hits and like, Oh my God, I got to get back to the gym. I got to get new goals. And these are my new year's resolutions. And we know most people by third week of January have given that up. Yeah. And the ones that are determined, give it up by the end of February. 
<laughs> then you get a <laughs> then you get a small percentage that actually make it, to, you know, and actually succeed with their goals. Right. So, and again, that goes back to mindset, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's not there. It's um, they're making a goal based off of like the, that superficial layer, right? Well, I need to lose weight. I know I need to lose weight, for example. So I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out so I can lose weight. But that's like a quarter, not even like a fraction of the component, right? And they're not actually digging into the deeper why. Why do I need to lose weight? Why do I want to lose weight? Why is this important to me? But then beyond that, why did I gain the weight in the first place? Because if we don't get to that deeper issue, right? And it's and, and I'm not knocking anyone who's had like any kind of surgeries or anything like that. Like I understand that medically sometimes it's an emergency, you need to get that done. But like let's say, for example, I have a surgery and I remove, I get a tummy tuck or whatever the case is. Have I actually become that person that can sustainably keep that weight off? Have I done the work, right, to get me to that place and the root issue of why I put on the weight in the first place? And more often than not, the answer is no. True. And that's the thing, right? If you get the surgery and then you go back to your old routines, that's just a temporary fix and you'll end up back where you started. So, yeah. okay. Like I was going to touch a point and I might be a little bit sensitive on this, okay. but um, you were saying you have that addictive personality, right? Have you always had it or did this sort of happen as things, um, you know, got worse, I'll say, or as you started experimenting? Um, well, to be honest, I think that that opinion is subjective. So I can only say from my personal experience, like, I believe that addiction is rooted in unhealed trauma. So to be perfectly candid, um, like, I, I grew up with um, my parents were teenagers when I was born. So my mom was 16 when I was born, and she was not ready to be a mother. So she left me to my grandparents to raise me. And I had a deep belief when I was young, like from a very early age that I wasn't wanted. Right. I didn't know my father. I didn't meet him until I was 14. And I grew up with that belief that I was not worthy of love because if my mother doesn't love me, which was my belief, if my mother doesn't love me, how can I love me? How can anyone love me? So I was constantly searching for that love outside of myself. And I would constantly look for that. And I mean, when you're a young girl, where do you look for love? Right. You're going to go to the boys. Right. <laughs> so yeah, like, I get it. Hello. And I mean, and I know I'm digging deep and I'm going deep, but that's, that's how I am. And, um, I ended up getting pregnant at 14. So like the biggest fear, right? Like of my grandmother, of me, like my mom was 16. Now she's raising her daughter and she doesn't want this to happen to her daughter, but then her granddaughter ends up getting pregnant at 14. And so having to deal with that emotion and that shame. And, and for me, it was shameful because there was so much shame around my mother getting pregnant. And I would hear those conversations, right? Of just like, I can't believe her. And I feel, you know, and it, there's so much shame around it. And what happened is I ended up having a late term abortion. Oh, okay. And that was extremely, extremely traumatic for me. Like the experience itself was traumatic and I won't go into detail. Um, but then just the feelings around it. And like people at school knew that I was pregnant. I had to switch schools. And that trauma, that deep pain, that emptiness inside of me, drove me to use drugs. So, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I get that. I, I, I see how that, that, that happened. That makes sense. But yeah. continue. So, so how, did, how did you decide you wanted out? Like, what, what, where, what was the day? Like, I believe we all go through things, whatever it is. And then there's a day that comes where you just say enough is enough. 
I mean, and I mean, that's usually after and a few times you said enough, enough. It's I'm talking about the day that you really do say enough is enough and it actually is enough. Mm-hmm. And, and then we all get those different ways. What was that day for you? And how did that come about? Um, like for the drugs? Well, just anything where you decided and, you know, stop drugs, you're going to change your life, the whole thing. Uh, well, there, I mean, there was a few moments throughout my life, but with the drugs, it got to a point where I was so scared. So I would, I came close to overdosing a few times. Um, I started mixing drugs and I would hallucinate really horrendous things. I started hallucinating when I was sober, the few times I was sober. Um, I started seeing things that weren't there and I actually got really scared for my own mental health. And I just knew logically that if I didn't stop, I would die. So for that particular thing, that that was a pivotal moment for me was just to be like, you know what, you're going to die. So you need to stop. Um, And then along the way, it's just I got to the point where I was so incredibly sick of my behavior. Like you just you get to that point, right, where you bottleneck and you've done the same thing over and over and over again. And we all know the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yes, And I just kept hitting that same wall, hitting that same wall and being like, I don't understand. And I just got to a point, you know, like I I experienced someone committing suicide. I experienced loss. My grandfather got cancer and he died. And just these things kept happening. And then I kept sitting on this hamster wheel of pain and discomfort and failure and hating myself. And I just got to a point where I was so sick of it. But really the pivotal moment was looking inward. Right. Because we often too often we look for outside things to make us happy and to fix us. But we don't recognize that we actually have that ability within us. True. So how did you figure that out? Like that's what I'm saying. How did you realize that was it? I mean, you just get to a point where you've tried so many other things and you realize that they're not working. And I'm lucky to have people in my life that are supportive and help point things out to me. Um, But to be totally honest, like 2020 was the year, 2020 was the year where all distractions were removed. Um, Like I was running a very successful cleaning company, like I took about a year and a half off of coaching, for whatever reason, I just needed to and uh, I started a cleaning company, and it became very successful. And I was running this successful cleaning company working full time, I had employees, you know, making, you know, over $100,000 in my first year of business, like to me, that was really successful. But I was so unhappy. Like I was so unhappy. And then 2020 hit. And then you can't work. You're forced into your home. So I and I live alone. So I had to sit with myself. I, I didn't like that. I, I get that part. I understand that. Right. You, you kind of have to face everything when you're on your own. Yes. And so I saw that as an opportunity to do that. And I bought, uh, like I bought some, some journals. I did, I did shadow work journal and an inner child journal and it, it tore my soul apart, but in a good way, (laughs) if that even makes sense. But it's like, you have to get to, you have to go into the places that you're not usually willing to go within yourself and really question everything. Like why, why is this behavior still here? Why am I doing this? What does this really mean? What is the emotion that I'm trying to feel? What is the emotion I'm running away from? And you got to get real with yourself. So I got real with myself. Wow. So see, this pandemic is not all bad. Some good things come out of it. Absolutely. And I believe that with everything in life, 
Like, let's be honest, right? Like there's two types of people out there. There's the one that plays victim and there's the one that, uh, you know, has to survive. It goes back to an old saying where you have two boys and a father. The father's a drunk, right? And I've said this before. The father's a drunk. Now you see one of the sons turns into a doctor. The other son is a, is another drunk. So you talk to the doctor and you say, hey, you know, your dad was a drunk, right? And they go, yeah, but you're a doctor. How did that happen? Have you seen my dad? Yeah. Did you really think that I can, I can spend another moment like that? Mm-hmm. Right. Then you look at the other side, but at the brother and you go, and you're going, you, your dad was a drunk. Yeah. How come you're a drunk? Have you seen my father? How yeah. can you expect me to be anything but? Right. So you can sort of copy what you've been around and not learn and play victim. Mm-hmm. Or you could take that experience and say, this is an exact image of what I do not want to be. And I'm going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Choice is always yours. Absolutely. And I, I believe, too, that there's there's quite a, a conditioning around this victim mindset. Right. So like we get proof where we look for one and we're fed all of this information like and I, I don't want to get too far off topic, but like the media and the, the messaging that comes in is essentially that you're not good enough. And here are the ways that you can fix yourself for one. Right. And they're pumping us full of like, watch these shows. Let's let's um, distract ourselves from being able to sit with ourselves. And then we create an environment, a victim environment, right? Where we start to surround ourselves with like-minded people, which is normal, but they also adopt that victim mindset. So I also too believe that part of that is conditioning and not to say that it's an excuse for them to stay in their victimhood, but it's like everywhere I look, there are other victims. Because to really overcome this stuff, like that's a smaller percentage and it can be very lonely on this journey. Absolutely. Like you are who you surround yourself with. And that's where, like, this is where I'm going with it, right? Like it's, like I said, you have the choice of how you want to, where was I going? Yeah. You have the choice of how you want to live with everything that that's come around, right? You choose the destination. You can also choose the change. Mm -hmm. And, and then, like I said, 2020 has brought all kinds of different uh, things out there. Some of them is like, oh, my God, the virus is deadly. I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Like, can't leave my kitchen. Then other people turn around and said, ah, it's just a conspiracy. You know, why do we have to wear masks? It's the government controlling us. And I truly believe it's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right? But it is what it is. I mean, without getting the political part of this, is yeah. the point is that you can shut down and let your circumstances control. Or you can look for the opportunity. And obviously, from what you're doing, you found the opportunity. Yes. You could have just collected servants and said, hey, when we're open again, right? But you didn't. You went beyond that. You built something. Yeah. Well, you, you thank you. And thank you for that. You're right. Absolutely. And I don't know, like if, if you could just take those moments, those moments where you feel inspired and those moments where you feel like, oh my God, I really want to do this. Like hold on to those moments and listen to them. Right. Like, I don't know if you've ever read the book or heard. I'm sure you've heard of Mel Robbins with the five second rule. Right. And it's almost like your soul and your true nature. Like it it has pockets where it pops out at you. Right. Where you get those moments where you're like motivated and you and you're inspired and you want to do something. But then all of a sudden fear. Right. Because the brain wants to keep you safe. Fear says, no, 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 don't do that. 
but it's within that small window of time. Like start listening to that voice. And that's what will get you out of your victimhood. That's what will push you into action, but not listening to the fear. Right. I like how you mentioned the Mel Robbins thing. I mean, it's a simple, simple, simple thing that even when you read it, like I didn't read all of it. I read portions of it. I didn't get through it. But even when you read part, part, you look at it and say, nah, it can't be. Right. I mean, life just simple. Five, four, three, two, one. And it's over. Like it seems that's ludicrous. Right. But reality is it's it, you're just transforming your mindset. You're giving yourself that five seconds to lull. But when that five seconds is over, done, no more lulling. Get up, get out. Yes. Right? Like, time to do it. <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's what I always believe. Execution always trumps and, you know, analyzing. Oh, 100 percent. Because you analyze yourself into inaction. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're thinking about it too much. You don't do anything. And if you look at it, like think of anything that you've done that's been new. You're not good at it right away for one. It takes practice and it takes practice for it to become a habit. So when people say it's too hard, yeah, it's going to be hard. Anything you do the first time is hard. There's very few things that we're just naturally good at. We have to practice, right? Like you think of the baby that's learning to walk. You don't just start walking, fall down and be like, well, walk. <laughs> Not for me then, like, you know, you keep getting back up, but eventually the baby learns how to walk. So it's just like that with anything, right? When you want to, when you, when you want to break through and I'm so passionate about this and it just, it, it lights a fire under my ass because it's just the simplest things that we make hard is taking that step to be like, I'm just going to try. And then eventually it gets easier, you know? Well, haven't you noticed the, the things that are very, very difficult the one that most people look at and go, wow, I don't know if I could ever do that. Are the things people try to push through something that's simple that just takes a decision is where people hesitate. I don't know if you noticed that pattern, but I have sometimes some with some people. Yeah. Yeah. The really easy stuff. They're like, nah, but also too, people get in their ego and they like to prove other people wrong. Right. So they're just like, Hey, there's this really challenging thing that I'm going to do. So I need to feel significant. So I'm going to go do that. And I mean, whatever the motivation is, it is, but yeah, no, I understand what you're saying for sure. Absolutely. Ego is the destruction of uh, produ uh, productivity. hundred percent. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think my ego sometimes drives me because I think, well, I said I was going to do this. I like to make proclamations because because I know I have an ego. So I will make a proclamation with something that I don't necessarily want to do, but I know I need to do because that will push me because then I know I have an audience. <laughs> watching <laughs> like, oh, is Amanda going to do it? And then I'm like, man, these people are watching me. I need to do this. But I mean, it can go both ways. I get what you're saying. But that's, uh, that's accountability more than ego. That's fair. Yeah. Right. I mean, ego to me is I drive a Benz. Look at me. Right. That's ego. I'm not getting the Benz because the Benz is going to get me anywhere that the Ford won't or the GM won't or the Toyota right. won't. It's just I got the Benz to say, look at me. Most times you look at a car, you don't even know what it is until you see the symbol. But to me, I ooh, look at what I have. You need the symbol to see it. You obviously don't care for it. Right. right. So it's just ego because you don't always feel good on the inside. So you need something to feel Exterior. To get validation. Right. Yeah. And that to me, that's ego. Yeah. I but feel yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's fine. I mean, it, it is what it is. I think everybody has an ego to a point. Oh, to yes. a point, Right. I mean, it, it's just, it's, do you let the ego control you or do you control your actions? And I think that's where the difference is. Mm -hmm. So going back to um, 2020 hits, mm 
-hmm. and now you decide to do something about it. So how did you start? How did you start? Like, because you just didn't wake up 2020 and said, okay, I'm at home. Let me click a button on the computer. And within five minutes, everything's ready. And I'm halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> um, right? Usually for, for you to rebuild something, you need to tear down the thing that you've already built. Right. So what happened was everything stopped for a while and then things slowly started to open up and I started cleaning again. So I, I let all my employees go, obviously. And it was just myself. And I had gone from cleaning like 25 houses a week to like two and the few houses I was cleaning, I was just realizing like how much I didn't want to be there. <laughs> and, and it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't because I didn't love my clients and, but I was forcing myself daily to get into gratitude around my business. I was forcing myself and I was enjoying the time at home more than I was enjoying going and, and doing this. So that was kind of my first thing. Um, but it was really, I, I went crazy. I went insane having all this time to myself. And, and I'm, a, I'm a huge gym person. Like that's part of my mental health is going to the gym and the gym closed. You know, yeah. I've been in the gym for a decade and I'm panicking and I'm freaking out. I, I started going to the lake and collecting sand <laughs> and I was putting it in bags for weights. And then I went out and I collected these branches to make like a squat bar. Like I was making my own... <laughs> my own equipment because I was just losing my mind. Um, but I just started, I just started feeling it. I had space and time to feel it. And it, it wasn't even like I tried, it just started coming out of me. Like I just started breaking down and I did meet someone um, right before the pandemic hit and they were extremely influential in my growth. It was a very random person that just came up to me out of nowhere and was just like, I feel called to say this to you. And they said all this really strange stuff to me. But it was like, the one thing that stood out was like, you appear happy, but you're not. I was like, hmm. what? who the hell are you? I don't know you. But <laughs> I swear, I'm not kidding. Like, this person went to the gym I went to, and, and I guess they watched me for a while, but nothing creepy. Like, it wasn't weird. They weren't hitting on me. It wasn't like that. It was just like, I feel called to say this to you. And part of what he said was, you appear happy, but you're not. And I see that you are really unhappy. And I was just like, how do you know that? <laughs> and, you know, and it was just, I was forced into it. It's it, this is the thing. If we look and regardless of your beliefs, like I'm not a religious person, I would consider myself spiritual. But if you look for signs, like open yourself up to see like what's coming into your view and why that might be a signal, right? To me, I looked at that as a sign. This random person I don't know is saying some crazy stuff to me. Maybe I should pay attention to that because it sat with me. It resonated with me. I felt it. So I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, I went through when I was young, kind of an odd story, which is kind of similar to what you just said. Um, but it didn't work out so well for me that the same way. But regardless, I was uh, on a double date and I was set up by a friend. Right. So I've never met this girl. Don't know anything about her. And I, here I am. I'm thinking this is this day's going great. Right. All everything's going well. We're all having fun. We went um, went to play pool. We went uh, for a couple of drinks. I mean, we're even of age, but shh. <laughs> right. So <laughs> so all of a sudden we're driving in the car and uh, like we're in the car. Yeah. And then um, we get this moment of pause. And this girl turns to me and says, are you happy? I'm thinking, what, with the date? Like, what are you talking about? 
right? I thought, oh, I thought this was going well. And she's about to tell me it's going terribly bad, right? And I'm thinking, okay, okay, maybe it wasn't as well. What went wrong? I'm going in my head. I'm processing. And I'm looking. Yeah, that's not what you meant. And she's just looking at that. And she goes, no, I mean, are you happy with life? And I'm thinking, you're 18. Why wouldn't you be? Mm. I got no responsibilities. Like, what's wrong with you? Right? And I'm like, just thinking of this at the time. I'm like, what's she talking about? And then she just says, oh, I have moments, you know, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm not. And I just feel sad. And I'm sitting there going, oh, God, oh, God. And I thought nothing of it. I wrote it off at that time. Right? So I'm like thinking, okay, that good day just went bad. Right? Like, <laughs> so now a few months go down the road and it hits me. All of a sudden, now I start thinking about it. And I tell you, that screwed me up. You know what I mean? Like, it just that one question just messed me up completely. And then, yeah, so I was, I, I, I spent years battling the in and out of the depression from there on. So it was weird. How, like, it goes back to mindset of what we're talking about and how sometimes things can happen to you. And you can even not even know how you process it. It just happens. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, what happened? How did I get here? Yeah. And it's just moments, right? And, and that's what I mean. So you had a moment, someone said something to you. And that just sparked a change. Yeah. Yours happened to be a positive change, which is great. Yeah. But sometimes little moments is what defines the next steps. Yeah. Well, and I think it has to be, it's almost like a recipe, right? Like you have to have that moment. And then you also have to be at a point of readiness or willingness to hear it. And I understandably so if you're 18, like I got lots of messages and lots of influences at 18. And I was just like, I'm not interested in what you have to say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you know, okay, it's all good. <laughs> depending on where you are in your life, I think like I'm just, I just got to a point where I was bottlenecking and I was so sick of it. But uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it is. Those, it's definitely those moments. And actually, that was so special. I actually got a tattoo to remind me of that person because oh, like wow. they actually shifted my life so much. Like we had more conversations, but they shifted my life so much. And like, I don't know if I would be where I am today without that person being like, hello. So yeah, it was cool. Absolutely. Now going to, okay. So now you discovered what you want to do mm. and and you know, you, you just told us how we, you started, right? Like what, what sparked the idea, but what was your first step? What was the first thing you did? Well, I mean, because I'm pra I was thinking pragmatically, I went out and got a life coaching certification and that was just kind of pointless because I already had seven years of coaching experience. So I didn't, I don't know why I did that, but, um, okay, hang on, not to interrupt you, no, but I don't think it was pointless because to be honest, it gives you perspective. And if you did not do that, you might've had a different perspective and you might've even doubted yourself. I'm not saying you would have, but you are technically you are who you are because you did that. I do. I mean, I feel you. Yes. However, I know that I did it from a place of fear and not feeling like I would be worthy enough without the certification because I am a person that gets a lot of certifications. And then I go, why did I really need that certification? And some of them are, are definitely um, beneficial because there's certain things that you need to learn. But and, and you're right. You do have a point. But for this particular situation, it was me doubting myself and feeling um, significant with the certification because the actual course wasn't anything new. Like I didn't learn anything new basically, but I do see your point. No, um, but you learned how to, you, you learned to get your confidence from there. Think about well, it. 
Well, no, no, because it didn't give me any confidence. It gave me a false sense of confidence because I didn't actually need it. And the purpose, the reason I did it was because I didn't feel good enough without it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we often make those decisions, right? Where we, we think we need something. And I mean, it was good that I did it because it made me see that I didn't need the certification to do the coaching because I already had the experience. But for someone that's brand new, maybe absolutely, maybe the certification would give them confidence. But it was the reason behind it that I was just like, no, nah, I probably didn't need that. But I do see your point. <laughs> um, okay, where were we? Okay, so you were saying you got the certification. Yes. And then, um, and then I just started to, I start, I know that, so your environment is very important. So I started to level up my environment. And what I mean by that is the content that I, I brought into my view, the, the content I absorbed was different, right? Like I started to surround myself. Now we're in a lockdown, but virtually surround myself with like-minded people. Um, I am part of the Tony Robbins community. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or been to any of his events. I have uh, been to the virtual ones. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Which virtual ones did you do? Uh, there was two of them in um, 2020. I kind of did both of them. Okay. Like Day with Destiny and UPW. Bro. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, yeah. Me too. And I went to a live one in 2019, but anyways, so like those kinds of people, right. Who are growth mindset. I started to consume different content and, um, and kind of surround myself with people that were like-minded, but it was just, I don't know. It was just a shift. It was more like coming back into myself. And then I got a coach. I got a business coach because I think coaches need coaches. That's very important, right? Like we can't necessarily always coach ourselves. It's important to have someone who's at least a few steps ahead of you to be able to kind of help you navigate that. So I hired a coach and that coach has been extremely helpful. I still have that coach today, um, which helps me with my business. And I started to learn the, the logistics um, of how to build a business online because I've never done that before. That was something extremely new to me. And just anytime anything came up that was a roadblock, I just sat with it, worked through it, and then continued to push myself to the next level. Well, it's interesting. So you got a coach, which is great. So yeah, yeah so you're, you're showing that you're, you uh, believe in the product that you sell as well, Absolutely. which is fantastic. Right? That's amazing. Thank so you. I've looked at your website and I noticed that you call yourself uh, like, like there's the trauma blueprint. Yes. Can you explain that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of neat. It's kind of like <laughs> how I picture it is putting like a map up of your life, right? And the checkpoints or the hot spots, I should say, are the traumas that you've experienced, the we'll call them negative experiences that you've had that you haven't really gotten over. So essentially what happens with, with unhealed trauma, right? We chronologically go through the pain, but we don't emotionally process it. So it becomes like an imprint on our, on our lives. So when we look at the trauma blueprint, it's essentially going back and it's not going back to live there. It's not going back. I'm not, I don't want to sit with you for hours and hours and unpack all of your nonsense, but it's looking at, okay, I grew up in this environment, let's say, where my mom was abusive, as an example, and I never forgave her for that. I blamed myself for that abuse, and now today, I'm an abusive parent. 
like as an example, that's an extreme example, but I never healed that part of me. So it's really just looking at, it's like throwing up a map on the wall and just tracing back. Okay. So our behavior today, which I work in food addiction. So I have problems eating or I have a food addiction because I am masking an emotion. I'm trying to have control. I'm running away from, I don't know, whatever it is that's making me uncomfortable. Where does that emotion come from? Where have we seen that emotion? Where have, when did that start? So it's really just tracing back. And then usually what happens is something comes up where it's like, well, my mom, you know, told me when I was 12 that I was never going to be skinny. Like it could be that small. And then we put that in our subconscious mind and we travel our life with that belief, never questioning it. So it sits and it gets locked in our subconscious. I'll never be skinny. So I'm 40 pounds overweight because my mom said I'll never be skinny. And it may not seem like a trauma. Trauma is a really heavy word, but in a, in a, in a sense it is. So that, that's kind of what it is, right? It's just mapping. And then we can unpack everything. We get to rewrite the story and then change our behaviors going forward. Makes sense. Now, how did you come up with the name? Like what, how did that name stick? Right. Cause I mean, let's face it. Usually I, I'm going by experience. When I get into business, I come up with like 10 different things and then all of a sudden something hits me and it's like, that's it. Yeah. That's the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, 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 tell me your story on how that ended up being it. Um, well, I'm, I'm big into meditation and I meditate daily and I listen to like whatever it is that comes in. And I was just sitting one day and I was just like this trauma thing. And I was like, okay, this is like, this is it. This is the thing. And it's, oh, what is it? Like, it's like, you're mapping it. It's like, you're mapping it. And I couldn't, and I kept doing this. And then it was just like, it's like a blueprint. And I was like, oh, it's a blueprint. It's a trauma blueprint. And then I just wrote it down. And then that awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Right? I mean, see, sometimes it's such a simplistic thing and it yeah. became it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Oh, that's happened to you. Yeah. Cause you get excited. I can see your face light up. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, I, I come up with things in the weirdest places too. Like I won't even get into where I came up with some of the names. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's awesome. So obviously you do one-on-one -on -one coaching, right? And I see it says one-on-one -on -one VIP coaching, and then you do group coaching. I think we all know what one-on-one -on -one coaching is, and I think we all know what group coaching is. What's one-on-one -on -one VIP coaching? Well, the VIP is just more, it's a little more intensive. It's a little more touch points. So it's really for people who might need more, basically more touch points. So it's, it's more access to me and it's more intensive. Uh, and then we do extra things because I do coach women primarily. I have had a few men that wanted to do some coaching, but for now I'm just coaching women. Um, we do things like cycle mapping because like for women, it's very important for us to be tracking our cycles and understand how our hormones affect our behaviors. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's more of an intensive one-to-one um, -one experience. Right. I get that part. So yeah. that makes sense. I, I totally get... Um... Okay. So yeah, I was going to ask you about the, uh, the women thing. Cause you're always focused on women. I'm going to ask you if there's men involved ever. And then like, how did you choose just uh, like women or like, like, did you just, was it a niche market or was it something that, uh, fell into your lap and you sort of went with it? Or is it something that you specialize in and something that kind of caters to them? Um, a bit of, a bit of the niche market for sure. But I do, I mean, I obviously relate 
better to women. Women seem to relate better to me. And I feel like men, some men, not all men, but some men need a different approach. So I just noticed that. And I mean, sometimes I do speak to men if I'm in my masculine, then and then that men respond to that. Um, but it's also good for me to to practice being more in my feminine, if that makes sense, um, to work with other women. And I don't know, I just, I grew up very afraid of women, if I'm being honest. Uh, like my mother and my grandmother, we didn't have a good relationship. And I was always afraid of women and very intimidated by them. And I didn't like them. I was one of those women who didn't like women. And so for me to grow into a, a, a person who loves other women, I think that's why, right? Part of it was like this beautiful healing process for me as well. Okay. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Like that's, you know, kind of an interesting way of getting into it. And it kind of makes total sense, really. Yeah. You think about it, right? Like, so it's sort of, in a way, you're passing on your growth experience. Mm. But I, I do love working with men. I do have to say, because I also love getting in my masculine and I can communicate to men in a different way where they receive it in a different way. And I do love working with men also. I just want to say that. Awesome. So let me ask you something. Somebody gets, you know, like comes across you, however they come across you and they're interested in uh, working with you mm. and they want to know more about you. They want to like, you know, get into the process and figure things out. So they reach out to you, explain how the process works. So if they reach out to me, I will send them my calendar link to book a discovery call. And on that discovery call, it's, it's a really, it's a no pressure sales call. There's no sales involved. It's just getting to know them and what their needs are, what they're looking for. Uh, and then I do talk a little bit about what I do. And then usually what I do is some on the spot coaching. So I feel like it's really important to see potential clients where their boundaries are, where their trigger points are, and if they're open to coaching. Because a lot of people want help, but they're not necessarily at a point where they're ready to truly look at themselves. So I like to, it's kind of like an audition for both of us to see where they're at and where I'm at and if we're a good fit. And then if we're a good fit from there and they want to commit to some something from there, that's great. If not, we book another call to talk about sales. Makes sense. I get that. Okay. That, that's, that, that, yeah, the discovery call is, is important. So I get it. Cause yeah, that's what I was going to say. Not everybody's a fit, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's, you got to mesh and especially in your business, but even mine, to be honest, most businesses, if you don't mesh, this, like if you want to do something just for money, just to collect something, then it, then it's just like working a job. So what's the point? Yes. Yes, right? absolutely. You're hundred percent right. Yes. Right. And also it comes down to, if you can't help the person and your job is to help the person, yeah. it kind of doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Like acting from integrity, right? hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, that's pretty interesting. I like how you got into the women thing there. And then um, I was going somewhere with this. I didn't want to interrupt you. And I was going somewhere with this, but <laughs> I kind of forgot where it was. Um, yeah, okay. So they get into working with you. Oh, I was going to ask you. Like, yeah. so you started this year. Like, you started, like, really hammering down and getting into it through the, uh, through the pandemic. or So it's 2020, not 2021. Um, I keep forgetting we're in 2021. I was expecting to be done with this by now. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, okay. So now going back 2020, you start, you get your ideas, everything's going. How did you, like, what happened when you landed your first client? Like, how did that come about? Like, did they find you online? Did you find them? Did it come from conversation? Did, uh, did it surprise you? Were you expecting it? Like, 
How did that come about and how did that feel? Oh, okay. Well, it was through Facebook. Um, I do a lot of like Facebook lives and I'm posting and I post in groups, etc. So it came through Facebook and um, it felt amazing. It felt really amazing because when you live from a sense of purpose, right? Like you, you, your purpose, I should say, like you've got that, that driving force and it's passion. Like when I got the first deposit into my bank account, like for that coaching, I was like, are you kidding me? Because you're doing what you love. You get to help people and you're getting paid for it. Like, isn't that kind of like the ultimate, <laughs> right? Like, isn't that the Absolutely. ultimate? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, the process was online. It was through Facebook and I just show up every day. I do authentic lives. I post challenges. I have the, the private Facebook group as well. Um, and I'm just always really authentic and genuine. And then the people it speaks to, they reach out, book the discovery call and away we go. Fantastic. Now yeah. everybody has challenges and, and you know, whenever they do, especially when the, when it's new, mm -hmm. what was your biggest challenge so far? Well, it was a mindset block. If I'm being totally honest before this all clicked for me, um, a, a blind spot for me was I was still living in a, in an act of defiance. And what I mean by that was growing up, I was very, my grandmother's version of love was control. So I didn't get a lot of self-expression. I didn't really get an opportunity to, to really explore myself and have a true identity. And what I didn't realize was that was carrying on into my adulthood. And people were telling me, this is the process of how you do your business online. You have to do these things every day. And I was like, I don't want to stop telling me what to do, but really, right. And not in those words, but I always found a way to not do those things. And then yeah. I finally recognized the pattern. And I was just like, well, I feel super like, don't tell me what to do. So it was a mindset block. I just had to be like, no one's telling you what to do. These are the things that work. And then once I started listening to the people that were ahead of me and doing the things and they were getting results, that's when I started getting results. Makes sense. I, actually, I get that. Yeah. Like we're all resistant. How many times do we say we want help? Somebody tries to help. I'm not doing that. So <laughs> we all do it to right. a point. But I, I mean, at least you step forward. Now, also with great, you know, hurdles comes great triumph. Hmm. What was your biggest win that made you feel like, this is it or have you even felt like this is it you like because sometimes people challenge themselves daily even mm -hmm. though the, the the trail shows that it's working and everything is going great but sometimes they still doubt themselves even though it is but sometimes you feel that moment like this is it i'm where i'm supposed to be how I does that apply that. to you i love that you asked that question thank you for asking that question i just had it recently um, I had a discovery call with a young woman. She's about 10 years younger than me. She's in her early 20s. And I know her from way back. And she's coming into my next group coaching program. It was on that discovery call because I was talking to, and I'm going to get emotional, FYI. <laughs> um, it was like I was talking to a mirror. It was talking to a younger version of myself. And it was such a beautiful thing because I thought everything I went through in this life was for a purpose. And I was so thankful in that moment for my pain and everything that I had overcome. And then to see her have hope, to see her have hope in her eyes was everything for me. That's amazing. That's actually, that is a beautiful story. Thank you. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, 
it's again, some people go through life looking for that purpose. And no matter what, they don't find that. They don't find that moment. Sometimes they had it and they don't even realize it. Right. So it's great that it's happened to you and you felt that. So again, not, and not, not just for validity, yeah. but it's sort of like, you feel like you're doing something that you're supposed to be doing. And, you, and in a way it's, it helps you. And this is from my, from my perspective, it helps you to keep forward even stronger because you know, it's made a difference. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, um, I'll be honest, my most successful business, I friggin' hated it. Absolutely hated it. In fact, I, I hated it so much. Let me use the word I was trying to avoid. I fucking hated it. Didn't wait to get out, and um, and I'm talking about I was in seven figures, almost eight figures a year. Um, I hit the top 100, uh, you know, in North America companies. I friggin' hated it. I got out of it by fluke. I had a supplier that uh, we had an issue with a product. I had a supplier come in, um, and I've been trying to reach him for months about that issue. Orders kept coming in as I kept ordering, and. And I, and I just kept coming and coming and coming. I kept ordering and, and this partner would answer, but he does, he, the partner doesn't deal with this end of it. The other guy does. So I'm like sitting there going like still sending me stuff. And uh, I'm not going, okay, I'm tabulating it. I owe the guy big dollars now. You know I mean, like really big dollars. And I'm sitting there going, it's been six months. He hasn't even come for money. I'm going, is he really not want to talk about this that much that he'd rather not get paid? Like something's not right here. You know what I mean? Like anyways, all of a sudden one time comes into the office and he's like, oh, hey, buddy, how's it going? And I'm thinking, yeah, you're not coming in for that. I know you're not coming in for that. You're coming in because it's been so long. Now you want to check, but you don't want to say that. <laughs> so we were talking and talking and uh, and he's like uh, trying to beat around the bush. He doesn't get into it. But I knew the truth, right? I said, come on, give me a break. And I go, you're not here for uh, buddy, buddy. I go, we're buddies. I'm not saying we're not because we were friends. Right. But I'm saying you're not here for the buddy, buddy part. You're here for a check. No, no, no. I'm just trying to see how you're doing. But no, you're not. I go, because if you want to see how I was doing, you would know that there's an order that was outstanding. There was a problem. You would have called to fix it. Mm. Right. So um, he goes, oh, I didn't know baloney. Right. But I didn't say that part. I just go, yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, so he figured out the fix. He told me how, how to fix it, whatever. Right. I go, oh, so you're not here for a check. So you don't really want to get paid. And you can see ghost white when I said that. Right. So. <laughs> Calling him out, right? Like, and I was such a, a crap disturber on that, right? But then I was fed up at the same time. You could tell, like, when you know you had, like you said, when you're miserable, you know, right? So it's one of those things. And I would just turn to him and said, you know what? If I had X amount of dollars for this business, somebody offered me that, I'd be out of this crap hole. Um, and I found nothing to come out of it. I was just venting. Monday morning, him and his partners was in the door with a checkbook. We made a deal. I couldn't believe it. Like, so he called, I called him out and then, I, and then he called me out. So, and that's how I ended up selling. And I got out of that business. I never looked back. Amazing. Yeah. To this day, I still have people calling me for the product. I said, I'm not in that business. Oh, but could you just help me? I go, no, I'm not interested. I don't do that. It's not what I do. You know what I mean? Like, but I give them references and say, this is where you can go. But, but it was just amazing how that sometimes things happened unintentionally. Mm. Right. And then like just out of the blue. And, but that's the thing. So yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like that's, that's really beautiful. And that's really cool. And isn't that a cool feeling when people contact you and you get to refer them out? Absolutely. And you don't have to, you're like, 
oh no i don't have to deal with this i'm gonna here you go <laughs> yeah yeah like i i think I'm, i was more passionate about telling them to go somewhere else than i was about doing the work <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it. Like, like another quick story because I, I mean, I'm not gonna try to make this about me. No, um, no, I love it. I love it. But I, uh, I ended up. Uh, I started realizing the fatigue that I was feeling. So I ended up hiring people to do what I would do, and I just did what I wanted, and everyone else did what I didn't. And I remember I used to hang out at a friend's restaurant and I'd bring my laptop and it was my very first laptop because I used to use desktops for everything. So I'm so proud I got a laptop. Woohoo! You know, like, <laughs> so I go there and I remember I went about three weeks without doing any work or any real work like that, that like the crap I didn't want to do. And I just did just updates and whatever and just looked over through the computer. Then one week, uh, one of the people had uh, couldn't come in for whatever reason. And I remember I'm at my friend's restaurant still doing work remotely. And um, all of a sudden, everything's all quiet. And all of a sudden, uh, I see something. And you just hear, ah, fuck. Right? And I'm like, that's what I, you know, I screamed that out. I didn't, I forgot I was even in the restaurant. <laughs> right? Like, and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to fix it. I'm pissed off. Waitress comes over to me and says, you're working again, aren't you? I'm like, uh, yeah. Oh, we could tell when you weren't working. We can't stand when you work because you're always pissed off. <laughs> So it's like, oh, other people are noticing this is not good. And then I remember even that day, I started thinking about it and saying, okay, I got to get back to work, right? If if other people are noticing this, then maybe I should do the work in the work office. And then when I leave, I leave. It's not taking it with me. So I remember, and this is where I started thinking seriously uh, that I wanted out. I was walking in, cell phone in hand. And I walk into the office. I saw an old customer. And uh, well, what I mean, an old customer it was a regular, but I haven't seen him in a while because I've stopped going to the office. I'm walking in, my phone's ringing. He goes, Oh, I've been trying to reach you. You should give me your cell phone. Phone's ringing in hand. And I go, I don't have a cell phone. And I keep walking. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. I knew right there the clock was ticking. You know what I mean? It was not if, it was when. <laughs> and then about two weeks later is when that uh, thing went, that I told you about happened. And then I got out. I knew I was getting out. That's amazing. Yeah. That's hilarious. I'm so sorry. I don't have a cell phone as you have a cell phone. <laughs> and it's ringing out loud where everyone can hear it. <laughs> so if that wasn't a clue that I was done, I don't know what would be. Right. Well, that's, so, yeah. amazing. that's amazing. Congrats for doing that. So is, is this podcast part of that news? Like, like is podcast new or no? I'm sorry. I should have No. Asked. Um, I've been, I started the podcast, believe it or not, in 2019. Okay. But I've been on and off. Mm. Like for the last six and a half months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last six and a half months, I've been taking it real serious and I've gotten, um, I, I've been very consistent. Like, like I started the first 10 episodes were consistent. Then after that, it's been sporadic. Mm. And I got to about 15 episodes and then I just stopped for a while. And then when I, and then about six months ago, I said, okay, I'm going to be real serious about this. And that's when I, I, like, I was never live. I used to just do the audio and I said, I'm going to get real serious. Now that's when I got into StreamYard. I got online, like, like, so we're broadcasting live. Then I have the audio, you know, show as well. And, and then I got real serious about it. And now this is episode 40. So since I got, a, it's been 25 episodes of uh, consistency. Amazing. So yeah. And, and I've always preached consistency, but. Clearly in the podcasting world, I wasn't <laughs> so, but now it is. And, and, you know, things are good that way. Very proud of that. 
Oh, good job. That's awesome. So yeah, like, um, okay. So obviously we know your passion. We know what you do, um, which is great. I absolutely love what you do. I mean, I have a coach myself. I mean, it's a business coach, but it's still a coach, yeah. right? Anyway, you look at it, <laughs> right? So, and that's kind of when this uh, podcasting started. It started off with the coach asked me what my objectives were. And then we built up a plan. Amazing. Yes. Sounds so, like a good coach. Absolutely. So obviously I believe in the uh, product as well. Like that was where I was going with it. Amazing. Good. So I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I love how you transformed. You know what I mean? Like this is, uh, it's very, very, like I, I watch your stuff online sometimes as well. I mean, when I have a chance, I mean, I'm usually on the road in the car, but uh, so when I'm sitting in front of the computer, and I see your stuff. I, I look, and that's kind of sort of how we started uh, connecting. Yes. Yeah. I was. I like it. I love when people reach out that way and just truly want to connect, because like, and and I I don't fault anyone for the cold the cold DM slide. I understand that everyone's trying to get their get their piece of the pie, but yeah, to to DM someone just for a connection. I absolutely love that. So that I, that's why I spoke back to you because you were genuine and you just wanted to connect and I really appreciated it. Absolutely. And it goes back to what you're always promoting authenticity, right? Yeah. Like I, I really believe that I can't, I, I agree with you. I, I don't like, I, I get people have to do whatever they have to do. You know what I mean? But I'm actually, it's getting to the point I'm getting agitated with it. I mean, in 1990, you know, Hey, I can help your clients. <laughs> it was great. Right. In 2021, and I've been in the business, like in the real estate business for six years. I don't friggin' need you to help my clients. You don't think I have a resource already? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, again, I don't fault people for trying. I get it. We all have to start somewhere. And you never know. There's always that one time where your go-to source isn't available. And that's when you need the second source. And that's when it could happen. So there's always trying to, you know what I mean? I get it. But there's a better approach to it. Yes. Right? Like, And I, and I believe People want to help people they trust. People want to help people they know. They want to work with people they know. They want to work with people they trust. Mm -hmm. Sending out a message to say, hi, I can help your clients. Well, you know, great. As I said, one of them, that's fantastic. I would love for you to help me with clients. Why don't you send me a few and I'll send them back to you. Right? It's almost like, like what? I'm sitting around the computer waiting, going, oh, I don't know how to help my clients. What should I do? Oh, nobody's calling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I had people to send, I would send. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a lineup waiting of people. Oh, when somebody calls you for help, give me a call. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't work that way. Right? No, like, I, I always believe if you want, you got to give, give to get, but mm -hmm. you got to give without the expectation. That's 2021. Mm -hmm. What's the point of a podcast? What are we doing a podcast for? What are we doing live videos for? It's to educate. Yeah. And when you're educating, people know what you do. If they're interested, you don't think they're going to reach out, mm -hmm. right? No. When somebody's looking for something and it pops up and says, oh, I want that, yeah, they're going to reach out. Telling them that you need me isn't going to get them to want you. <laughs> like, again, 1990, I got a service you want. 2021, educate. It's Ooh. the world. That's marketing today. No, but what you could do, and not, not that you have the time, because I don't, I don't do it often, but sometimes – when I see a genuine person trying to sell and I, cause I know we're entrepreneurs, right? Sometimes if I have the time, I will give them feedback and I'll say, may I give you some feedback? I just want to say, this is how I felt receiving your message. And I may not be your target audience. Maybe this works for you. However, building trust, building a relationship, building a connection, 
you're much more likely, especially like I have relationship coaches messaging me because I, I don't even have my marital status on my profile, but I am single. And so they reach out that they can help me find the love of my life. And I'm like, how are you <laughs> looking? Like, I don't understand what, but sometimes giving the feedback, right? Because A, you kind of get an opportunity to get it off your chest. Because I feel it too. I get like 30 a day and I'm like, why? But just even if you take the minute and be like, look, connect with me. Otherwise, this is pointless. I don't know. Sometimes, and sometimes they say thank you. They're like, thanks for the feedback. I don't know if sure. it helps. But. Well, that's the thing, right? Social is supposed to be about being social, not about selling. Oh, yes. Right? Like, like, I mean, naturally, selling happens with people they know. So you're social, so they know you. Right? Like, how many times, you know how many, there's been people I've met online that I didn't know before, and that were actually good friends. Forget business. We're actually friends. Yeah, that's lovely. You know what I mean? But yeah. that wouldn't have happened if I go, hey, buy my product. No. Right? Like. Yeah. It's about being social, about connecting, yeah. right? I mean, today I got to know a little bit more about you. Now I know what you do, why you do it, how you do it, how it works. And I, and I see the passion. And when you, you know what I mean? Like, especially when I started asking you about the blueprint and how that worked, man, it's just like, it's like all of a sudden I saw the, the party balloons go up in the air and everything was like, you know, like <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> right. That, 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 that's, that's exciting. And that's yeah. excitement. You can see what it sparks you and what doesn't. Right. And, that, and that's, you know, what, what I'll use, what my coach says, that's building mindshare. Ooh. Right. So it, it's definitely yeah. just, you know, and, 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 that, and that's, that's the thing. That's what it's about. It's about getting to know people. Yeah. If you don't care about people. Why would they care about you? Yes. Right. And, that, and then when you can see that passion and when you can see somebody wants to make a difference, they're going to want to work with you because they know you're there to make the difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love this. This was great, great information, great opportunity to get to know you. Like, amazing, amazing. At the same time, I want to be respectful of your time because we're at fifty-eight minutes. Sure. And I don't want to. I mean, even though I can probably talk to you all day long. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. So, why don't we end off with one last tip or advice for my viewers? One oh. last tip. One, just one. Oh my. Or two. <laughs> <sighs> you know, don't be afraid to look within because all of the answers are there. And once you expose what you're afraid of, it can hold no more power over you. And then you can finally be free. So that's what I would say. Wow. I'm going to have to say one word that describes that last statement. Boom. There it is. <laughs> right? Like, seriously, that, that was a very powerful statement. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you. It's true. Yeah. So again, I want to thank you for being on the show and I'm sure I'll have you again where we can touch a uh, touch base and get more, uh, you know, in depth. But uh, in the meantime, thanks for being on the show. Everyone watching, thanks for watching and or listening to the John Papaloni Show.